teacher, and one thing that teachers do when they walk into that classroom is they analyze their students. We don't do it because we feel like we know everything, and we don't do it because we feel like um, students are doing things they shouldn't be doing, but I did it today. I intentionally came to the warehouse at about 3 o'clock because I knew that you would kind of start coming in. Y'all would kind of, you know, you get, you get out of school and y'all start heading inside. And um, I'm going to stand up because y'all can't see me. And I walked, <laughs> I walked around and I just walked around. I walked around and I looked and I listened and I analyzed. And I came in and I worshiped with you. And one thing that I want to point out from the video before we talk about what you saw in that video is that there was one boy worshiping, and he started clapping. As y'all see him, he was jigging. He was cutting up. He was like, yeah, his song was playing. He started dancing. He was worshiping God. Um, standing in the back of this room and seeing the, the reservation that some of you have when you sing songs to the almighty God of the universe hit me dead in the heart, as opposed to walking outside and seeing you play basketball and seeing you play volleyball and seeing you play Fortnite, there's an excitement that comes with the glory of the God that we worship. Um, there's something to celebrate in that, and there's something to be excited about in that, and it should be present. It should be present. He's so big. He's so big. The way he loves is so big, and it's something outside of anything that we can understand. So seeing that one little boy clap and dance when he was singing hymns to his God is something that should resonate with you all. It should stick. It should make you think deeper about why is this young man clapping and dancing about a God living in the circumstances that he lived in. Y'all saw those plates of food, right? Raising a hand, what's one of the things that the kids were eating? Watermelon. What else? What else? What else? Mazin, is that what you said? Yes. What else? Green beans. Yes, green beans. Yeah. Anything else? They had beans. Um... They had a cup of water. Was it anything fancy? No, it wasn't, but it satisfied. It was enough. It was something outside of anything they'd seen before, and that just brought me to my knees. Every time I watch that video, I can't help but thank God, knowing that his presence is good enough, because that's what's good enough for those children. Say it again. They what? It definitely be bugs. It did. And for those girls in the beginning, Rookie and Irene, that, that was their meal. They ate whatever they found before they were brought into that orphanage. Um, and they were satisfied with that. They were happy with that. And um, I just wanted to paint that picture. So you all, some of you, have a blank sheet of paper, right, and a pen. And I asked, what's something that stood out? What's something that stood out to you in that video? I'll give you about a minute to jot it down. If you already have it down, that's fine, too. Go. Anything that stood out, there is no right or wrong answer. I'm not looking for something specific. I want to know to you, in your body, in your mind, in your heart, was something in that video that stood out. I'm doing the teacher walk right now. Y'all see this? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Okay, I'll go first. The first thing that stood out to me is the fact that the video showed that the girls lived on their own for an entire year. So Irene was three years old, Rookie was one year old, and she took care of her little sister 
for a year outside in that shack that they were found in, raising a hand, what's something you saw? What's your name, sweetie? They were sitting on mats in class. Why'd that stand out? It was just different. What do you sit on in class? A chair. Um, why do you think that they sat on mats instead of chairs? Say it again. The floor was dirty. They didn't have chairs to go and grab. The classroom didn't um, provide chairs for the students to have, and so they made do with what they had, and they enjoyed their education in that. What you got, baby? They would have died, absolutely. Um, what, what does that make you think, outside of the fact that the two girls would have died? What else? That's it. That's done. Go, sweetie. Like what? Like, they were, like the food, mm -hmm. like they were taken, mm -hmm. there wasn't much that they had, but they were still satisfied. They were still satisfied with it. Without the chairs. Without the chairs. Beautiful, beautiful. What's your name, Ponytail? Annalise, go, what you got? Uh-huh. What, what does that make you feel? What do you think about that? Okay. Uh -huh. Beautiful. That, and I'm going to stay there with you with what you just said. God had the opportunity, the power, and the ability to pull them out of that circumstance whenever he pleased, right? Those girls were there for a reason. Seeing Ruki on Irene's back and knowing that it was building a relationship between the two of them, that sisterhood that they needed for survival is important. Baby, I don't know what your relationship is like with your sister. Me and my brother fight sometimes. Um, but if I had to jump on his back to survive, I, you know, he, <laughs> he stuck it up and we just work with it, right? And she did that. That's how she loved her sister. Go ahead, sweetie. My brother's going to one that I don't know a quarter. No, not a quarter. What I found interesting is that my pin ran out of ink. Okay, that's tough. You know, you can go really. Oh, all right. Um, what they ate. What they ate. They ate what they found. Um, so this wasn't just a video that the Rafiki Foundation made up, and I'll tell you more about it when we get there. Um, these girls were actually found in those circumstances. So bugs, like you said before, no joke. They found bugs, they ate bugs. They found dead carcasses, dead animals, they ate them. These young girls were finding, scavenging, and surviving off of whatever it is they found. And even with that, were they sad when they found them? They were satisfied. They were satisfied with how God provided for them. Let's do one more. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, they, they were happy with whatever God provided for them, Mr. Thomas. Okay, so my next question is, and you don't have to write this one down, just think about it. Um, what is a missionary? A lot of people have different ideas about what missionaries are and what they do. You want to tell me? Tell me. A missionary is somebody who tells the word of God. Hands up if you agree. Atta girl. So going out into the world, getting outside of where we are in the place that we started and sharing the gospel of God and God's truth, that's what makes you a missionary. The fact that God is calling me to Africa 
and maybe calling my brother to Lake Charles does not make him any less of a missionary than I. It makes me a foreign missionary. It means I'm going somewhere I've never been before and sharing the same gospel truth about God. Hands up if that makes sense. And down. Okay. Okay, so there I will be teaching. I'll be teaching young adults in what's called the Rice building, kind of, the Rice Institute. So it's people about my age and a little bit younger, and I'm teaching them how to become teachers. So before I talk more about that, I want you to know that it was about nine years ago that I sat in those chairs that just sit, that was my spot. I like sitting on that side. <laughs> I got comfy over there, and then I had to get uncomfortable, and then I moved to that side, but I went back, because that was my spot, right? Um, I was here there were Wednesdays when I sang. A couple of y'all remember that. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't all that, but <laughs> God liked it, so I did it. I was there. I did the same thing you did. I say that because I don't want you to think that being called to a place like Africa is something that happens to the special people, right? That, that's, that's not the case. I, I am a child of God, period. That's the criteria. I'm walking in his truth. I'm serving him. I'm sharing his love. That's, that's what it was. That's what it was. That was the criteria for me to be called to Africa. So I don't want you to think that you are outside of that realm. I don't, I don't want you to think that God would never call you to do something that big, like serve those children, like be there for those mothers and build in those homes, because I was there. I had the same insecurities a lot of you may have. I had the same struggle with bullying a lot of you may have. I had the same struggle with anger and frustration and keeping my friends and my friends who lied to me. You know, all of that stuff is real stuff. I had those problems. I had, I had the struggle with understanding who I was in light of who God said I was. I didn't know who Shaquilla was until God laid it out on a platter and made it clear that I was his daughter and that was enough. So sitting in those chairs and looking at y'all is weird. I really do feel old, like, and I'm getting high and like my knees cracking and I know I'm not that old, but I was there, and God still called me because he calls his children in spite of those struggles, in spite of the things that you, you think would make you not good enough. He uses those things, and he builds you up to be his. Does that make sense? Okay. So I will also be mentoring women ages 15 to 24. Uh, what country am I going to? Uh, I'm going to Nigeria. Hands up if you know where Nigeria is on that map. Bye, Kent. What? <laughs> Where is it? Did you just put your hand down? Which one? Oh, it's labeled. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I tricked y'all. That's not Nigeria. That's Uganda. <laughs> no, it's really it. <laughs> it's the one with the giraffe. So Nigeria is in West Africa, and right now West Africa and East Africa are really different places. Um, the things that they believe in are really different. The religions are really different. So knowing that God called me to Nigeria specifically was overwhelming at first. I understand that a lot of times God will call you to do things that are overwhelming. He will call you to leave friends that you don't think you should ever leave. He will call you to stop doing things that you thought you had to keep doing because you did them for so long. What you got, baby? He put it in my face. And I, I'm glad you asked that question. Y'all ask questions. This is not going to be a Shaquilla Shock, whatever you want to call me, Miss Solomon, the girl with the skirt, that I'm not just going to sit up here and talk to you. If you have questions, ask them. I was confident and I knew that it was God calling me to do it because it was the only thing I could think about. 
it was laid on my heart often. He put people and things in my path that always pointed directly to Nigeria. The hardest, the hardest seasons in my life <laughs> went back to Nigeria. Um, leaving things, people and circumstances behind, it always led me to Nigeria. And I didn't understand it at first. And then he made it clear, asking him to make it clear. Praying, you know, honestly and being intentional about wanting to understand what these feelings were. That's how it happened. Okay. Ooh, where will I live? Can y'all see that picture okay? Yeah? No? Ish? Ish? Okay, so is it a clay hut? No, it's not. That's basically what I want you to know. I want you to know that it's not a clay hut. Uh, when I say Africa, a lot of times, that's that first visual that people get. They get what Ruki and Irene came from. Um, that's all they think of when they think Africa, and that's not the circumstances for these orphans. People donated, people became sponsors, and they were able to build this land, this piece of land, for all of the children who were found in circumstances like Irene and Ruki to live. So this is, this is the kind of place that I'll be living in. That's the house in Kenya, and the difference between Kenya and Nigeria is that their walls are darker brown than ours. That's it. Um, most of them are pretty much identical. Okay, so how long will I be gone? Right now I'm scheduled to go for two years. I won't read all of that. Um, and two years sounds like a really long, I mean, it sounds like a really long time to me. And I, I'm confident that that's the time that I'm going to be there. Whether or not I stay, I feel like God will show me just like he showed me that was my destination. Whether or not I come back, I feel like he'll show me that. And I want that to be true for you. I love that you asked me that question, so I'm going to keep going back to it. Make sure you guys are praying daily, consistently, about what your lives are looking like. Um, make sure that you're going to the cross often and asking God often what it is that he wants you to do, why he wants you to do it, and whether or not it brings him glory and not you. Does that make sense? Do you, do you understand the difference between glorifying yourself and glorifying God? that you can do and say all of these amazing things, nobody will ever know you said them, and you still love doing it. Um, that gives God glory outside of self. What you got, baby? Were you born in Africa? I wasn't. I was born here in Louisiana, um, in Crawley, actually. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I cried a lot, a lot. Um, yeah, I mean to cut you off, but yeah. <laughs> I cried a lot. Um, I keep going back to my brother because he's my best friend, so I will. But I, every time I felt like, <laughs> that's Elijah, that's my brother, guys. <laughs> um, every time I felt like, you didn't know that was my brother? Yeah, that's him. We got, he did cut his hair. Do you like it? No. Oh. <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> I like it, friend. <laughs> It's going to grow back. It's going to be all right. His hair grow faster than mine. That's why I'm bald-headed. So, um, <laughs> y'all laughing at me being bald. Um, I forgot your question. Now I really feel like a teacher. <laughs> I cried a lot. Um, and there were days talking to people that I do consider mentors, people that I trust, and wanting to understand why God asked me to do this. Because it was scary. It was scary. The more I researched Nigeria specifically, the more I looked at the place on the map that I would be, the more I saw that it is a dangerous place, um, that people are being killed, um, people are being stolen, people are being 
slaughtered. You know, I don't know if you know, but guns aren't a big thing in Africa. They use spears, they use knives, they use machetes. So death is ugly, right? And all of those things are happening there. So when I realized that that's where God wanted me to be, I was angry. I was angry. I wanted to understand why there. And um, he made it very clear because he equipped me to be there. And I got peace in that. I don't know. I don't know. I pray about it now. If he tells me to, I'll stay. Um, <laughs> did you make a sad face? <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> you don't even know me. <laughs> but if he doesn't, I'm going to come home, girl, and we can talk about it all day as long as we have ice cream. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I like vanilla because I like to mix stuff in it. Yeah, vanilla, all about vanilla. Okay. So um, as long as God says for me to stay there, I'll stay. And that sounds really vague, like an open-ended answer, but that's really what it is. It's one of those things when I need to take those worries and those thoughts and those questions to God because he has the answer. When will I leave? So I have to have about $11,000 in order to leave the States and go to Nigeria to work with Rafiki. Um, $11,000 isn't the entirety of my funding, but I can live off of $11,000 for one year there. So right now, I'm doing things like this, talking to other people, um, talking to different businesses, trying to get funding so I can go and stay. The Rafiki Foundation is a nonprofit organization. Does anybody know what that means? Teach me. What is it? It doesn't pay you. <laughs> that was beautiful. That was, that was awesome. It doesn't pay you. Um, so in order for me to get there and in order for me to stay, I know that the people of God are having to send me. Um, it was a blow to my pride. I really had to understand that it doesn't mean that I'm not capable of doing things on my own. It means that certain things, most things, I need to allow God to do himself so he can be glorified in them again. So back to you all. If there's something that you know God is telling you to do, if there's something that you know God is telling you to leave behind, understand that you have to fully trust in his provision. You have to trust that he'll provide for you to get through it and become the person that he has for you to be. Um, I know most of you are in middle and high school. When I was in middle school, I was really confused. And when I was in high school, I was even more confused. <laughs> it didn't get better. Um, but I also wasn't going to God as I should. It wasn't until I was about 20 years old, 20 years old, that I found that I was consistently having a real relationship with God. And I really wish that I would have started early. The fact that you are here right now is evidence that he has a pull on your heart. Don't run from that. Don't run from that. Give that to him. Trust him fully. So can you help? Yes, you can. Um, raise your hand if you think you're too young to help me get to $11,000. Be honest, okay? Raise your hand if you think that you not having a job means that you can't. Awesome hands. <laughs> oh, that's tough. <laughs> raise your hand if you think it's because you don't pray enough. Okay, all of those are lies. Um, I teach, remember? Um, I teach high school. And a lot of my students don't have jobs, but a lot of my students are my sponsors right now. So I have five students, and they are giving me $5 a month. 
$5 a month. That's about a dollar and some change a week. Um, they intentionally put that dollar to the side from whatever money they get, whatever money they find, and they send it in to me monthly so I can get to Africa. I don't want you to think that it's too big for you to help me get there. Um, I don't want you to think that you can't be a part of this, um, that this is something that you're too young to, to watch happen and to, to see flourish there on the other side of the world. Um, so knowing that that's a possibility, I ask that you join me, any of you. I want you to pray about it, and I want you to see if this is something you should be a part of because I'm really intentional with the people who partner with me. I want to send you pictures, and I want to text you, <laughs> and I want to send you messages and let you know what's happening with the kids that I'm serving and how the parents are dealing with everything, and I want to send you bookmarks that the kids make out of the material that they find in the village. I want to be able to let you be a part of my service there because I think that's what true partnership is. Um, and I would love for it to be with all of those pretty little faces out there. So um, if you have any more questions, I can answer them. No? <laughs> My voice got deep. <laughs> no? Okay. Okay. Awesome. I feel like I'm I really appreciate Shot coming out and sharing her heart, you know, for several things. Uh, one, just uh, that's the first time I've ever got to see you teach, <laughs> and and you're just very gifted, and so that was a blessing. Um, I was shocked she's pastor. Ooh, I got on his nerves. <laughs> I know. Uh, so there's a love there that I have for, and I have a heart for missions. Um, as she said, not all of you will be called to go out, but we're all called to go. Um, some of you will be called to be in your area with an occupation, and, and that is still a ministry. Some of you may be called like I am, and to be called to serve into the church. Um, and I myself left a culture in which I grew up in and knew and, and, and moved somewhere else. It, it, even though it was in the United States, mm -hmm. it was a very different culture for me. Um, but we're, but the, the willingness to go. You can support Shaquilla in many different ways. For one thing, we want to uh, encourage you, if you have some money that you can set aside, you can do it several ways. You can go to the website that you saw uh, and, and go there, and it's really easy. You can find Shock's name and become a donor. That is easy, and they can take out monthly or whatever. If you and your family want to pray for that, that would be awesome. If you would like, we will definitely we will have something that I'm going to try to set up here um, at the counter or in, uh, in here for shock that we'll collect. So if you have 50 cents, a dollar, whatever you have that you feel like, hey, this is what I can give, we want to take, we would love to have that, and then I will work something out to make sure we get that to Shakila. Um, so you can do that. But we all in here can do one thing. We can all in here pray and commit to Shakila to pray. We pray because we, we, as we go, she, uh, as she goes, we go. We go as a church. Um, Shock is a part of us. She, she's a member here at Cell Street. Uh, and when she goes, we go with her. And um, I will miss her. 
because I love her. I've been knowing her for a long time. And, um, and, and so, but I know she is doing what the Lord has called her to do. So what I would like to do is I want us to pray for Shaquilla right now. Um, just because it's something I want to do with her, even though she's not leaving yet, but she is preparing to leave. You have not got to do that yet in your life, but when you prepare to leave, it is a hard thing to do because you're in transition. Mm-hmm. You haven't left yet. It's the your heart is one place, and you're still there. Yep. And I've done it two times in my life. Um, as a as a pastor, you know, because when the Lord calls you to another place, He takes the heart and moves it. it it's it's hard to describe unless it happens to you. But um, um, Drew knows, I know, Shaquilla knows. When He moves your heart and He moves that heart, it, it, and you have to stay for a while because it's still the prep time. It, it it's not the best, and it's when you need the people to pray for you almost the most. And so that's what we're going to do for my friend, uh, my sister in Christ, um, right now. So what we're going to do is, Shaka, I'm going to ask you to stand right there. Acts 13 says, and they gathered and they laid hands on on Paul and Barnabas. The reason they did that was a sign of that the church went with them. Um, There was nothing magical about it. There was nothing on that. But it was a sign to the church, and we go as one. The Bible is very clear that we are one body but many parts, and we go together. So we're going to ask you, if you would, to just kind of stand and and, and come up and lay hands with me and uh, to do that. And like Shaquilla said, that she sat where you have sat. And so, yeah, why don't you come right here, Caden? That will help you. Yeah. Okay, buddy. And that's awesome. And those who can't get close, do exactly that. Put your hands out. That's symbolic. That's all this is. Holy Father, thank you. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for Shaquilla. Thank you for the willingness. But, Father, the willingness comes because of the faithfulness that she has in your son, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It is only by his power and his will are we able to do anything. And, Father, I just pray and lift her up to you right now, Father, that you'll be with her during this time of transition. Father, that you'll be with her as the seizing of leaving is happening. Father, I pray, Lord, that you will continue to prepare her as she leaves. And Father, and as we know that you have already prepared her. As I watched her teach tonight and interact with students, I just couldn't sit there idly by without just being very much in awe by talent. Because, Father, you have put her in situations to prepare her for what she's about to do. You let Paul sit for three years in preparation for he to do the ministry in which you had called him to do in Antioch and then around into um, the Mediterranean area. Father, it was you prepared him. And Father, continue to prepare her. I pray for her friends. I pray 
that you will multiply like the fish in the loaves. Father, I pray for her family as she goes. It is not easy for them, and I pray for them. I pray for her church. I pray for Cell Street that, that they remember and pray daily for her, that they remember her on her birthday, that they remember her during the holidays, and Father, and just remember her in the days in between that she feels loved and, 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 and not forgotten. Father, I pray for the children that she will reach. I pray for the women that she will reach. I pray for the students that she'll teach. Father, I pray for the people who will learn. Father, I pray, Lord, that you will be the sower who plants those seeds out there. Many of them in that area has taken into a prosperity gospel. And, Father, I pray, Lord, that they will take into the truth of what the gospel is. And, Father, that they will not just see it, but they will, uh, I mean, hear it, but they will see it in Shaquilla's life because she's a hearer and a doer of the word of God. Father, we thank you for this night and the specialness of what this night represents. And, Father, we lift all this into your name. In your name only. Amen. All right. Sam is going to just, uh, he's going to, uh, they're going to lead us out in a worship. Um, at the end, listen, at the end, listen to me. At the end, Shaquilla and I will be over this side if you want to uh, say hello and all that to her. Um, we'll make sure that, um, you know, be a part of that team. And one of the ways you can do that is by praying. So at this time, we're going to come and worship together. And we're so happy that you were here tonight. Make sure as you leave out that you tell Shakshi how awesome it was to hear from her. And um, thank you for coming. So I don't know if any of you all ever had the chance to